Thank you for tuning in uh, to Tuesdays with Tawana. I am your curator and host, Tawana Davis, Reverend T, Reverend Miss T, 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 all of that good stuff. Yeah, it's me in the building, loving to build community, one Facebook Live and one podcast at a time, ready to delve into part two of who will choose Black women. Yes, who will choose Black women and always looking forward to um, engaging conversation with you, um, listening and reading your feedback and your comments. Again, um, just some ground rules. Um, We are on Facebook Live. Some people will listen to this via podcast later, but if you make a comment or shout me out in the comments, I'll be happy to engage in dialogue. Others just come on to sit and to receive a word or two or to ponder or to think or to just take part in this sacred space. So I am so grateful for whatever reason you are here today, that you are rocking with me today, that you never leave me out here all alone. So grateful. What's up, Angela? Good to see you. Good to see you. I hope all is well. I hope all is well as we are still in the midst of this pandemic. I hope that you are caring for yourself. Um, Each of you, I hope that you are um, wearing your mask and washing your hands and being mindful of your surroundings. And I know that a lot of things are opening back up across the country, including schools and colleges and universities. And that means people will be going back to work. Um, whether you work in food services in any of the schools or uh, teaching or, you know, transportation, grocery stores, all of that, um, I want you to be safe and know that we are holding you in high regard and we are grateful for your service. Hey, Mama Lovey. Good morning. Good morning, Angela, Mama Levy. So good to see you on this morning. So we have a lot to cover on this moment, um, in this moment to build upon what we started talking about last week that got real hot and heavy and deep. What's up, Bobby? Good afternoon. Always an honor to see your name pop up. Um, Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So would love to receive your thoughts. What are you feeling? What's stirring up in your soul as we walk through this question, which is not rhetorical, who will choose black women? So to give credit to where this inspiration came from, Esther Armah, from the uh, Emotional Justice Institute. I will put the link in the comments because I wanna make sure that her institute is honored and recognized. But she was doing an interview um, or a Zoom panel discussion. Hey, Elaine, good to see you. Thanks for joining. Um, She was doing a panel discussion and she uh, posed the question and begged the question, who will choose black women? Black women choose community. Black women choose family. Black women choose other black women. Black women choose black men. Black women choose uh, health and life. 
and other things, and yet who will choose us? Who chooses us? Who lifts us up? Who holds up our arms? Outside of Black women choosing Black women, who holds us up, right? How did, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that smell like? How do we do that? Um, yeah. Oh, thank you for joining. Benny says, excellent question. And, and last week we, we, we had some deep conversation around it and, and, and we struggled together. There's no right and wrong here, you know, here we, we explore, we, we, we honor each other's thoughts and hey, Charles Dorsey in the building, who will choose black woman? Yes. Hey, my niece, Tamika, thank you for joining. So who will choose black women? Who will choose black women? Who will choose us? Um, who will choose us? We, we experienced some, some uh, divergent thoughts and experiences when Senator Kamala Harris was tapped to be the presumptive uh, vice president of the United States. And I, we've been doing this, we've been rocking together for quite some time. Next, next week I'll have some actual statistics, but this is our 13th episode as it relates to being very intentional and consistent about Tuesdays with Tawana, starting the podcast Tuesdays with Tawana that's available on Anchor and Spotify and, and other um, podcast platforms. But we've been rocking for a long time. And in this space, we explore together. We journey together. We love unconditionally. We honor divergent thoughts um, with the understanding that those divergent thoughts should not be degrading, demeaning, dehumanizing, disrespectful. We can agree to disagree. It really does happen, y'all, I promise you. We, we can state who we be and, and, and posture our, our stance in, in a said situation or circumstance. And we may not agree with someone, but we can still share space together. The only one of the many times that it come, becomes very challenging to hold space for someone is when it is degrading and dehumanizing to others, when it is abusive, like domestic violence, or if it's sexual abuse or misappropriation um, of gifts and blessings that you are misusing. Hey, Pastor Mike, what's going on? Good to see you. So there is a line to be drawn, just like folk who, who work with children or who are clergy are mandated reporters. It kind of works the same in, in relationships. Hey, brother, so glad you could join this week, Larry. Good to see you. Um, so we can agree to disagree. And there comes a time when I need to call you out when it becomes disrespectful, demeaning, hurtful, life-threatening. Um, so in the last couple of weeks, we have, or I have seen some very demeaning, degrading and harmful posts about Senator Harris. Um, I understand that she is not perfect, neither am I. I understand that she has made some decisions while she was the attorney general. I have made some decisions when I was in my early 30s and early 40s or even late 20s and, 
and made some decisions um, regarding my call and regarding decisions in life. And they may not have been perfect. They may not have been life-giving. They may not have been the best decision or the optimal decision. But in that moment where I was, it was decision that I made the decision that I made based on the information that I had. And I hope that I was able to move forward and progress through reconciliation and making amends and and not only apologizing for what I have done to hurt or harm others, but then changing behavior, right? I am sorry for doing X, Y, and Z and moving forward, I'm going to do A, B, and C. So there are times when we do have to acknowledge and call in folk on their stuff and hoping that we can journey together toward change, toward evolving, toward maturing, toward um, a sense of, of power that is not going to be rooted in white supremacy or false power or white narrative, but is truly going to center who we be as Black women, as Black people of the Black diaspora. So let's talk about Black for a moment. So many people were saying that, hey, Darlene, Good to see you. Good to see you. I love you. I heart you. Sending so much love your way. Um, so let's talk about Black for a minute, because as we know, we're not this monolithic group, right? We're not a monolith. We're not just made one way and we think one way and we show up one way and we look one way and we behave one way. We are so dynamic and so fierce and so deep, deeply rooted in, in ancestral behaviors and DNA where it wells up in our own DNA and, 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 and it looks different depending on where you're from and how you were raised and, and what your mama taught you and what your daddy taught you and what big mama say or granana said or grandmama said. So we all come with these different ideas, right? And ideals about life. So when we talk about black, it's really talking about this socio-political construct. It's talking about being inclusive of all across the diaspora. Because if I say African-American, and I'm digressing for a moment, if I say African-American, African is then rooted in American, which is rooted in whiteness. So my African um, prowess is rooted in whiteness. So I personally don't use the term African-American. It was a term that was coined, I believe, by Reverend Jesse Jackson. I don't agree with it, and it's okay. We can agree to disagree. So I use the term black because someone like Kamala Harris, who identifies as a black woman, who was raised as a black woman, um, rooted in um, her Jamaican roots, um, and her mama, who is from India, came together and decided to raise a black child turned black little girl turned black woman. And she, who am I to say that she is not black enough or she shouldn't identify that way when she was raised that way, right? So this term black is to be all encompassing. It is to include those of the black diaspora from the tip of South Africa all the way up to Ghana, all the way over to the United the, the Caribbean, all the way up to the United States through Canada. So black covers this beautiful mosaic of, of black people. So if you're light skinned or of a lighter hue, a little less melanin, you're still black. If you're chocolate, darker skinned, you're still black. And anything in between, you are still black. Black. 
right? Dorsey says, absolutely, a dynamic diaspora. He rooted in beauty and trauma and overcoming and overachieving. That's what we do. We overcome these things because of our Black prowess, because of community, because of Ubuntu. Uh, Charles says, all brothers need to be held accountable for how we absorbed privilege and anti-Black racism, sexist thought in our everyday. Absolutely. Hey, Kendra, thank you for joining. Good to see you. So absolutely. So when we, I'm glad you mentioned that, um, Reverend Dr. Charles Dorsey. I call him Charles because he's my friend. Um, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the, as we talk about who chooses black women, I want to talk about this womanist thought, this womanist framework, this womanist epistemology, this womanist way of being in life, right? So womanism centers black women, and it does not mean that we decenter or dismiss or silence or dehumanize or disregard others of the black diaspora. It means that we are no longer going to be silenced. We are gonna walk into our unapologetic fullness and we are going to rise as we lift others to rise with us. We are going to progress forward as we hold the hand of those to progress forward with us. So just because I center black women does not mean that I decenter black men. And when we talk about black men and the black women and the relationship thereof, and I'm using these binary terms just for brevity, but please know that I am, um, supporting those who are transgendered and non-gender conforming. Um, just for brevity, I, I am using the two terms for this, um, to juxtapose the two, to bring us together in this conversation. Um, so when, when, when we look at this, this, this hierarchy, if you will, because America is good for this hierarchy, um, you know, white men, white women, black men, black women. And sometimes it's flipped for black men and black women, depending on what you're talking about. When you're talking about mass incarceration and the disproportionate rates, yeah, we're probably flopping that black men are probably, you know, the most impacted. But again, we're not talking about oppression Olympics. So that may, you know, ebb and flow a bit. But the bottom line is, is that as we center black women, who were often silenced, who were often marginalized, who were often raped and misused and, and disrespected and dishonored. We as womanists now center ourselves to define ourselves for ourselves so that we are not uh, crunched into other people's fantasies and eat, eaten alive, Audre Lord. right? We, we are not rooted in or our definition is not rooted in some American way where we then define ourselves because we are born out of this white supremacy culture. So we come forward with all of our blackness of the diaspora globally and come together to define who we are, defining us for ourselves by ourselves. Charles Dorsey says, and we must purge the white supremacy thinking and living um, and stop making uh, pseudo intellectual exclu exclusives for not 
excuses for not supporting one another. Thank you for all this tea. Darlene says, when anyone has a blood test, they do check for African blood automatically. I have 18%. I don't know why they do, but they do. I don't know why they do either. And there's always some ulterior motive or something going on to further demean us and degrade us. And we are going to put a stop to it, right? We got to put a stop to it because we have to define who we are and not wait for some other entity or some chemical lab to tell us who we are. We should be able to feel it in our bones and feel it in our spirit. This is what womanism is about. Womanism is about Afrofuturism. Womanism is about collective responsibility. Womanism is about lifting as we climb. Womanism is about centering black women's voices and black women's being as we lift up others. Black women as nurturers, black women as leaders, black women as 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 providers, black women as uh, political leaders and social leaders and educational leaders and and leaders at home and and uh, some some communities have uh, matriarchy as as the center of their experience and of their culture others um, where women um, play a different role it's still powerful it's still nurturing it's still guiding it's still teaching and preaching and reaching so we have to identify who we are because others have tried to define us and it has not worked right so alice walker and her beautiful brilliant prowess and wisdom came um developed and is the curator of the term womanism womanist right so now black feminism has a platform in which to pull from. Because before black feminism was in response to the anti-black racism in feminism. So then black feminism was created in response to the absence of the honoring of the black voice and the black being in feminism. When, when, when do we stop responding to the ills and create space for ourselves to survive and thrive without it being some counter to what somebody else is trying to place upon us or bestow upon us. Because then you know what happens, then they create something else, then we gotta respond. Then they create something else and then we gotta respond. So once we define who we be, I ain't gotta respond to you. I I, I don't have to now compete with the adage of, of who I be or or the misconception of who I be, or the denigration of who I be, and coming and res and responding to that, right? So, um, who will choose black women? So, going back to Senator Harris for a moment, you know, we talked about all of her ills, and unfortunately, we do this a lot in our culture. We talk about all these ills, but we don't talk about the successes. We don't talk about the amends. We don't talk about the change. We don't talk about the growth. We don't talk about the evolution. We don't talk about the progress because we're human beings. Good God almighty, I'm so grateful that um, <laughs> the ills that I have done in the, oh, praise break for a moment. I'm still here and still standing. Yeah, because none of us are perfect and we operate out of a space of what we know, which is why it's so important for us to build community because some of us only know that which we experience and our experience ain't so good. We experience violence, we experience poverty, we experience denigration, and then we begin to believe that ourselves. 
So then it's up to us to come into those communities and to insert a different narrative so you can start to believe in yourself and believe that you are worthy and believe that you are enough and believe that you don't have to resort to gun, gun violence and gang violence and domestic violence and, and robbing or stealing or dehumanizing another. Now you know your worth. But you won't know that until you have that experience. Because if you put somebody in a white room, I know it's white, you know it's white, but if you keep telling that person they're in a blue room and all they see is that and all they hear is that, they're going to begin to believe it. Simple, simple analogy, silly analogy, but they're going to believe that they are in a blue room, but we all know that it's not blue, that it's white. So we gotta come and insert a different narrative. We got to insert a different narrative. Darlene said truth. I know who I am and what I do. I know who I am. And, and you are so right, Reverend Tawana. Darlene, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your activism. Thank you for the love of community that you have for others. I am so grateful for, for you. So when we talk about Blackness, one, it's of the diaspora the multifaceted diaspora. When we talk about womanism, we are talking, talking about centering black lives, black women's lives and black women's experiences as we uplift the community as a whole. That's a heavy burden to bear and we're willing to bear it because we are inserting ourselves into a narrative that often ignores us or silences us. So we are now self-defining, self-determination, creating it for Ubuntu, for collective community so that we can all rise together in community. Um, my beautiful Professor Elaine says, I so appreciate the womanist framework. Thank you for teachings and your powerful voice, heart, and spirit. I learned so much from you. Um, lately, I've been thinking about this quote from Maya Angelou, your crown has already been bought and paid for. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you. So who will choose black women? We're gonna keep weaving that into our discussion and our conversation because the way some people quickly dismissed Senator Harris, it, it was sad. It was sad because she's not black enough because of, and, 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 and listen, listen, listen. There's levels to this shit, right? I, I, I understand some of the acts that, that were, that she took, not I understand, I, I, I realize the decisions that she made as an attorney general, that attorney general that ended up impacting lives gravely. I get that. So let's call her in to that space, to this sacred space so that it doesn't happen again so that we can reconcile and right the wrongs of the past for a better future. Because that's what we do as black people, right? As Afrofuturists, right? We see ourselves in the future. We can't see ourselves in the future if we keep tearing each other down. That's genocide. When we can't see ourselves in the future, it's genocide. And if we keep killing each other physically, spiritually, emotionally, it's genocide. So when do we have a heart to call someone in 
to have a dialogue, to to right the the right the wrongs of the past. There should be some grace. There should be an opportunity to have a dialogue about this, because if we truly believe that black lives matter, then we must believe that all black lives matter and we shouldn't fit into this mode of whiteness of, of meritocracy or or this this box of if you look this way, you're black enough. If you act this way, you're black enough. If you speak this way, you're black enough that we got to get rid of that. That is very white very white centered, right? So when, and, and when I talk about these things, you know, we, we, we've been rocking again for a long time and I don't like using blanket statements, but there is something called a system where different parts are working that make up the system, right? So we're talking from a systems level. So we're not talking from an individual level, right? To give you an example, Master P came out with a song for Breonna Taylor. We're going to pause for a moment and hold space for Breonna Taylor and her family. And in the song, he says, I'm not saying that all cops are bad. And I'm going to stop right there. Tell that to Breonna Taylor's family. Tell that to Sandra Bland's family. Tell that to the other black women where we have to scream a hashtag in order for them to be noticed when injustices happen to black women. So we're talking about systems. And when you work in a system, you tend to follow the rules of the system unless you intentionally do things to work against it and change the system. You put a good person in a bad system, the bad system is going to win. That's the short end of this analogy. So to tell me that there are good cops, already know that. Because we have good people in this system. Unfortunately, we're talking about dismantling a system of injustice, a system of degradation and demeaning and just outright rape and murder and dehumanizing. So instead of making excuses, well, there are good people in the system. Well, there are bad apples on a tree too. There are good apples and bad apples. And it's still an apple tree. It's still a system full of divergent thoughts and beings and, and, and things that exist. So we gotta be able to think differently and think critically and to feel critically. The beauty of being black is, is the fact that we use, we, we use all of our being in our experiences, mind, body, and soul. We feel the injustices. We see the injustices. We hear the, inju- we taste 
the injustices when we talk about food shortages and what food is being sold in our communities. So it encompasses, it encompasses the fullness of who we be. That's why we're so dynamic. So in this system, we have to, 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 to address the fullness of the system and dismantle those systems so that just systems can be built. Just systems can give us life. Just systems can emerge so that we can live and not die at the hands of systemic racism. So who will choose black women? I hope today that you will decide to choose black women by any means necessary because our healing is the beginning of communal healing. Our healing is the beginning of national healing. Our, he, our being, choosing us and our healing is the beginning of global healing. And, and I've, I learned this listening to, once again, Esther Arma, who, who, who talks about, who posed the question initially, who will choose black women? Because we're always choosing others and sometimes we don't even choose ourselves because of the systemic uh, racism and sexism that we have to deal with. I wanna leave you with this. Um, Kimberly Crenshaw coined the term um, intersectionality. And of course, it's being co-opted and being used like another language in the, another word in the dictionary, right? And that's not what um, Kimberly uh, Crenshaw, Dr. Kimberly, Kimberly Crenshaw intended. So her, her um, definition of intersectionality um, is uh, the complex cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination, such as racism, sexism, and classism, combine, overlap, or intersect, especially in the experience of the marginalized individuals or, group, or groups. So it's in that intersectionality of marginalization and oppression where we then come out to dismantle those isms in order for us to create um, a just and egalitarian society, right? It's not just intersection because I am a woman and queer or because I'm a man and I am poor. You know, I'm just throwing terms out there, right? Or the intersectionality comes out of those intersecting um, marginalizations, right? in order for us to acknowledge that center and then be able to name those things so that we can be liberated, so that we can transform, so that we can move forward to build new systems that are no longer um, intersecting um, isms, right? So that we can walk through the streets and not be afraid to walk out of our homes because we are Black. We, we won't be scared to drive a car and a police car drives up behind us, right? We, we now have this, this new mode of living and a new way of being, which is why it's so important that even if we don't agree with everything that Senator Harris has done, that we hold up her arms and lift her up because the attack is going to be real. And guess what, beloved? The attack is gonna start be named here, but it's going to trickle down to us. And Black women are going to be attacked like never before 
So we got to be ready. We got to be steadfast and immovable. We got to choose Black women, support Black women, uplift Black women, hold space for Black women, love Black women with unconditional positive regard. We got to push Black women. We got to hold Black women. We got to stand next to Black women. We got to hold, hold us up in sacred space for us to continue to do the things that we are called to do that centers Black women but benefits the Black diaspora as a whole. Ashe. Ashe. I thank y'all for joining me. I thank you for rocking with Tuesdays with Tawana. I thank you for your dialogue and your input because this is important. We're, I'm, I'm, I, I, I consider myself this, this thought provoker, right? I'm not here to convince you to think my way or to think one way. I am here to encourage you to think. I am here to encourage you to think outside of the box. Hey, Pastor Kim, I'm here to encourage you to, to think differently than what white supremacist thought or white supremacist culture or white supremacy or white dominant thought has taught us for so long. Courtney McDonald says the attack is already by our own and we need to support our own. Absolutely. And Courtney, I love y'all too. I love y'all to the moon and beyond because you could be doing 50 million other things right now and you rock with me on Tuesdays. And I'm so grateful. This is my way of building community. One Facebook live, one podcast at a time. This is Tuesdays with Tawana, your curator and your host, Tawana Davis. I hope to see you on next Tuesday. In the meantime, be well, be safe, take care of you. I love y'all to the moon and beyond. Let's choose Black women with a level of life-giving intentionality. Uh, swag today is from soultosoulsisters.org. My womanist shirt on today, repping womanist. Shout out to all the womanists out there that hold me up, that have taught me well. Asada taught me. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to start naming names, but I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for joining me. And choose Black women. And don't forget to vote. If we got to walk 50 miles with no shoes on in the snow, <laughs> don't forget to vote. Thank you, Pastor Kim. I, I feel healthy. I feel beautiful on the inside. Cancer cannot Cancer cannot steal my joy. Cancer cannot impact my blackness. Cancer cannot interfere with community. Cancer cannot interfere with the love that I have for you. Cancer cannot um, take away my joy, my spirit, my being, my smile. Yes, things are rough at times. Yes, I have to go through some trying times. Yes, this pandemic can be quite fearful at times. And cancer cannot steal anything away from me that is life-giving, that is life-forming. So cancer cannot remember that. And whatever that means for you, that thing that is trying to adversely impact you cannot steal your joy, your beauty, your divinity, your way of being. Show up authentically and unapologetically as we lift up Black women. Because when we lift up Black women, the whole world rises with us. Ashe, thank y'all for joining. I love you dearly. Love you dearly. Tuesdays with Tawana. I'm out. I see you next Tuesday. Later. <laughs>